Hey, welcome back to Grow. And we're going to get into something dark and dirty sometimes. And it's a question of the church. It's a question of exec teams. It's a question of pastors. It's a question of their teams. It's a question of healthy and replicating it. I don't know if you've ever been on a sports team before, but I grew up in sports. I've watched sports. I love sports. You get it. And if you've been in, an, in a locker room and understand the camaraderie of a team, this may resonate with you a little bit more. You may have been on a team that's good. I've been on teams that have been terrible, teams that are good, and teams that are above average. I've never been on those teams that were just, you know, 12-0 and 0 or, you know, just smoking everybody. Never quite had those teams, but I've had some good teams. And what I notice is when you have good teams... One of the most important ingredients is in good teams that you notice is there's trust. There's trust in and amongst your teammates, your friends. You know, I can remember the teams that we were winning. I tell you what, we were hanging out. Uh, friends were at my house. I was at their house. We are playing basketball together. We are doing things together quite often. Going to the gym. Doing this. There was a connection, a camaraderie. There was a trust. I knew much more about them than just the playbook or just whatever the you know uh, scheme was for that week. There was more to that. And I found in those teams that we just played better. I've also been on you know some pretty trash teams, <laughs> uh, some garbage teams. And you know what? Those are the teams when you finish the game, everyone scatters. And you don't see anybody until Monday when you got to come back to practice or you're watching film again. Many of you, maybe your hands raised that you've been on a team like that and you know what that feels like. And so then you maybe sit, sit back and sometimes I look back on those times and I say, well, what was the difference? I mean, we had some of the teams we didn't have great players, but some of the other teams we had okay players. We, we played together. We played well. Now, I remember the coaches involved in each. And in particular... What the coaches brought into the locker room, the systems, the frameworks, the understandings, the mindset, the trust that you knew that when you were going out on that field, that they had your back, they were with you. And those teams that I knew that, especially with the coach, I think everybody played better. Everybody played better. And so when, we, when I talk here briefly on church, pastors, teams why are they failing same thing goes into life why are you know why does a business fail or you know or, or vice versa why is it growing why is it doing well what are what are those attributes to some of those things and one of the things that i i love to read i, I picked this out i'm just going to read it to you so if you see me reading that's what i'm doing there's a quote by peter drucker who business week magazine called peter drucker the man who invented management all right. They asked Peter. They said, Peter, toughest jobs in America. What are they? Give me the list. Toughest jobs in America. And he said, President of the United States, a university president, a CEO of a hospital, and lastly, a pastor. When I first heard that list from Drucker, who, as I said, they business week called him the man who invented management. And I think of management as it comes to all four 
of those positions. President, university president, CEO, and pastor. Then I'm also thinking about the pastor in, in particular because that's where I was raised. I've had, you know, decades and decades of church and I look and I see and I'm, I've been behind the veil and from the top to the bottom and everything in between. And I look and I see how many times that this position is so under-resourced or so undervalued or whatever that may be, and then that's what comes along with it. And so when you think of your pastor, your team, your church, think of how many times that you've felt that it's been under-resourced. They're, they don't have what it takes to kind of make it happen or they're, they're climbing to get by. And Drucker was right there and just acknowledging the fact of how difficult the position is. And that's just on a external, physical, what you can see with these eyes level. That doesn't even come into play in a spiritual context. As you know, in this podcast, we talk about spirit, soul, mind, and body. Now imagine that position, a pastor, what's going on spiritually, mentally, relationally, and physically on this person who is call to lead groups of people to Jesus. That's what they're called to do. And when you think about it, you know, as I do from time to time, or I'm sitting with, you know, pastors or clients or whatever, sort of in between executives, right? I, I, I wonder and I ask and I think, and I say, you know, that, that, that yes, that is a very, very, very difficult task at hand. On an external level, it's hard. Just on a management, resource, value level. Now let's take it up another notch. Spiritual level. Think of what the devil and everything in between wants to do to somebody who is trying to lead a group of people closer to Jesus. Everything. It says, the, it says um, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I would say distract. If there's anything that's happening with church, with pastors, with teams. It's distractions. It's distractions. And that's one of, the, one of the things that I'll probably sit on for a minute here. If you're in those positions, if you ever have been, if you know people who are, you're distracted. You're distracted from the vision, you're distracted from the mission, and you're distracted in your personal life. You're forgetting where you're trying to go, and many times in these positions, it's all about where the church is trying to go. Where it is, what's the vision for the church? What's the mission for the church? I want to take a step back from all of that because without people, there is no church. And without healthy people, there is no healthy people in the church from leadership down. Now, the other day, I had a look, and, uh, uh, I had a look at some of these larger orgs, not Christian organizations, but now... What's happening is there's a huge investment into coaching because they know that not only they need to attract the best uh, talent for these you know, companies, the Googles, the Metas, the Apples, the Salesforce, and so on, not only do they need to attract that talent, but what are they going to do to grow those assets? Because that's what they, that's what they are. You're the people in the company are the assets of the company. It is helping to build the company. So rather than just throwing bonuses and things, you want to acquire the talent. But what is happening to develop the talent to be greater than what it currently is? Think about sports. 
right? There's a draft, especially in the summer. There was, you know, NBA drafts, NFL drafts, and so on, right? They're drafting these young athletes at a certain level for a certain price so they can develop them into greater value talent for the organization. What does that do? The organization wins. Revenue comes in. All of these things are happening because they are developing the talent. Now I want to go back into church for a minute and think of the assets that the church has, not the physical buildings, not the the assets, the people that are there. And thinking about how much talent, time, treasure is invested into those assets. And imagine what that could look like. Instead of just throwing an extra, you know, I've been there, throw an extra 25 grand into the marketing budget. You know, throw an extra this for a new children's campaign. Throw an extra this for Facebook ads so, you know, we attract more people. I want to put another idea your way. What if the investment was in the people themselves to say, what do you need? How can you grow in your spirit, soul, mind, and body? What would that look like? Where are you currently garnering awareness with some of those individuals? Just garner awareness. This is what I do with, with, with clients, people's orgs. Just sit down with them. Where are you at now? You know, Where do you want to go? And what's the gap in between? What is that going to look like for you? Now imagine if now you're putting money and dollars and revenue into this talent, just like the NBA does, just like the NFL does, you know, just like these huge orgs and corps do. They bring in and they say, okay, we got you at this price. We want to develop you so that you can bring X, Y, and Z to the company. And ultimately, in a church setting, it's to the kingdom. Why would you not want to invest into the spirit, soul, mind, and body with those people? So that why? So you can grow healthily. Not in Facebook ads, not in impressions, not in those sorts of things. Those things will come. They'll all be there when it comes from the inside out. And I love that when Drucker, that quote that I put in Drucker, I love that Drucker senses the management catastrophe that is in all four of those jobs. The president, uh, the president of a university, the CEO of a hospital, and a pastor. You can see at each, at each job, and you break it down, and you look at the management levels that are in there and how difficult that can be. Right? What is happening? So sometimes with a church, when you say, why are they crumbling? Why are they falling over? Why is there another scandal? Why is this person cheating? Why is, you know, and another, another number that's, that's not a great number, but eight out of 10 of these pastors and exec teams do not have somebody that can openly share their struggles with. You might be one of them. You might say, yeah, I actually can't. And I've been, I've sat next to a lot of them where they would not be able to share or say things that they're struggling with because they know that one, they maybe they'll get fired, right? Maybe they'll lose it. And then look what happened. They're, they're scared. They're scared of this position that they have. They're no longer afraid of God. 
right? The sin, the sin that they have with God is no longer, no longer there. They're afraid of man. They're afraid of failure. They're afraid of what do they do next? What do they do with their job? What happens there? There's a fear there with, with the struggles, right? There's a fear of, well, what if they know this about me? I'm supposed to be perfect. There's this level that, you know, exec teams and pastors are supposed to be at as if, you know, live at a higher level, higher consciousness. Well, it does say in Timothy that, yes, pastors and exec teams are supposed to live at a higher level. That is the instruction. That should be very clear when you come into the job and into the role. Very clear. However, again, with an asset, with team members, what are you doing to build them up? What are you doing to grow them? What are you doing to empower them personally so that you then have an asset that maybe you were paying a hundred grand for now they brought in X, Y, and Z revenue dollars, people help kingdom ROI, whatever it may be. Now they're twice, twice as, twice as valuable, three times as valuable, probably more. And that's some of the questions that are being asked in these settings with some of these individuals, with pastors, and it hurts and it's tough. That's one of the reasons that, that I feel so strongly this is an assignment for me. Because I've seen so many of them that sit there and they, they want to say something, but they're scared or they'll you know, close it down and say, don't say anything to anybody. You know, can't mention this to anybody. Well, just so you know, there are times in the book of James where it says, confess your sins one to another. Confess. And the power of that, the power of forgiveness. So what happens? What happens in a locker room, in a team teams failing, teams losing, teams on a losing streak. What, what are some of the signs? What's going on in the locker room that time? Well, very similar to what's going on in church. People aren't taking blame. They're not, they're not, they're not accepting blame for their mistakes. No, not me, not me, not me. Somebody else, that, it was that problem. You know, In the locker room, it's, it was a bad throw. He should have had it. He should have thrown it here to me. Uh, I didn't see the play. The coverage was weird. You know, there's always excuses and blame. What else is a sign in the locker room? Right beside blame, well, you see an attitude. You'll they'll, you'll lose that sense of humility, that sense of curiosity, that sense of adventure, and it goes into I know what I'm doing. It goes into ego goes into self. Look at what I've done. Look at what I've look at where we're at. Yeah, we're on a little bit of a streak, but look how good I am. Look how good this church is doing. Look how 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 cool it is or whatever it may be. It's a sign right there. Sign of the locker room. A sign of things that are in a spin. You got to be mindful of that. Got to be careful of that. What else happens in those locker rooms, right? Besides blame Side attitude, right? You start, you start losing connection. The connection with one another. You're no longer as close as you once were. You used to hang out all the time. Lunches, this, that. Weekends, no longer hanging out anymore. And it affects the play of the game. It affects the camaraderie. It affects the team, right? Some of those things. Remember, the devil is coming to steal, kill, and distract he doesn't have to beat you. He just has to distract you enough so that you miss the shot. 
and you keep missing the shot and you lose confidence and then you keep working harder to try and get it back when really it's just a distraction in the first place. So think about that with your teams. Think about that with your, with your higher orgs, mid-level. Where, what does this locker room need to go? Where do, you, where do you want it to be? What are you investing into those assets? Right? What are you investing in yourself? You know, if there's a pastor listening, what are you investing in yourself? How are you getting checked? There's a reason why LeBron James has six, six different kinds of coaches and, and people in his life, and plus more, spends seven, seven figures or more investing in his personal development. Well, why wouldn't, why wouldn't you? Why would you just think that you can go on and do the thing without any type of next level, where am I going next, physical, you know, spiritual, mental, relational? What are all those things, right? Before we go, I want you to think about what is it that you really wanted? You know, what, what is it that your church really wanted? What is it that when you signed up that you really wanted, you wanted to go for? What's gotten in the way of that? What has gotten in the way? You know, sometimes I remember those like early days when you first have a spiritual encounter with God and you're just like sobbing, crying. You know, like where, where did that go? Revelation and scriptures talks about losing that, you know, that first love. Top Gun will say you've lost that love and feeling, Right. Where is it? Where did it go? What got in the way? What got in the way? And many times it's, it's that you're not doing what you love anymore. And if I took a step back further, it's what do you even love? It was a time when, when God is love and you take on that love. And when you take on that love, you are now empowered every day. God is using your body to do His work. And it's all His glory in, in spirit rather than in ego. I wonder if you're thinking about what other people think about you. I wonder if you're concerned about what you have. And I wonder if you're concerned about what you do. If those three things are places you hold your hat on, and many times they are, and that's called the ego. That's called the ego. What people think about you, what you have, and what you do. And if you're not quite sure where you land in any of those things, you know, the scriptures say, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Bible talks about it. You can have God or money, but you can't have both. Which one is it? You got to pick. And if you're wondering where you're landing, one of the questions that I love to ask myself and check in on is what are you thinking about the most? My hands raised, guilty as charged. I've had plenty of seasons in my life where all I was thinking about was um, a mortgage payment. You know, I wanted to buy this, I wanted to go on vacation. I wanted to, you know, take the kids somewhere. It was all relating to some sort of a financial 
goal, effort, whatever that may be. So what was ruling my life was money. There was nothing in the spirit about that. Now, now more than ever, as I've got, gained awareness and I've sat down and I started to think things through and start, starting to journal as, as you should be doing too, as you take captive every thought that comes your way, journaling it down, where am I? Where are you right now? Why does it matter? Because in order, in order you to, to, to figure out where you're going to go, you gotta, you got to have a starting point. you got to figure out, where am I now? What do I need? Where am I weak? Why? That way, your spirit can grow. That way, you can surrender and say, you know what? Not my will. Yours be done. What do I need? To, how do I get back to that place? Why? Because when you're back into that place, spiritually, growth, it, everything's clear. You know what to do. You're not distracted. You're not flying all over the place. You're not concerned about all these other things. No. You are one in the spirit. Think about that. One in the spirit. God and you are one. And everywhere you go, people aren't looking at you. People aren't resonating with you. They're resonating with the spirit that's in you. That is where a winning team is created. That is where health is regenerated. Say, why did you do this? I, most of you pastors, exact same as you did this because you want to help people. You want to see people succeed. You want to see people grow. You want to see people get excited. You want to you see miracles. You want to see supernatural. You want all of those things. Unfortunately, you've been distracted. Other things have ruled your life, your mind, your relationships, and everything. The devil's got you spun. But there's a better way. There's a better way. And that's what I wanted to bring some attention to today is that there is a better way. I've seen it. I've helped people through it. I've seen them get free. I've seen them get excited again, meet Jesus again, have spiritual encounters again, have relationship things that go exceeding abundantly above all they can ask and can imagine. All those things. And so I want to put those thoughts in you. Remember why you started. Remember before all this stuff happened. Remember the faith that you had. What did that look like? What did it sound like? What did you talk like? Who were you with? What was in your mind? What was captivating it? How can you replicate that so you can move forward? I want to say thanks again for joining me for a little bit, hanging out. If you're looking for a deeper spiritual encounter, you can join our uh, accountability group. It's a spiritual accountability group. I get in there every day because I want to be accountable. And so I'm accountable with others. And we share scriptures, promises, miracles, things going on in our life. Why? To get accountable, to raise that level so that everything else grows. If you're not interested in that, you can get a devotional. If you like to read instead of listen, uh, it's obviously this podcast, but you can read and there's devotionals. Just search Anthony Thompson on version and pick one. I've gone through a bunch of different coaching things biblically in other ways and that might be helpful. That might be something that you get into for you, friends, whatever, whatever it is. That's my assignment here. I want you to get free in your passion, your purpose and do your thing that God's called you to do. I got to go. I'll see you on the next one. You're a champion.